Hello everyone, this is Pastor Joyce Erickson again with Believer's Bible School and we have begun a uh, study on the book of 1 John and we're going to be going through a verse by verse of each chapter and cover one chapter for each uh, for each lesson that we do. And if you recall, in our last lesson, we did some of the background uh, information that we needed to study this, uh, this most important book. So we're going to begin with uh, reading and verse by verse. And right now we'll read the first four verses of the first chapter of the book of 1 John. Verse 1. That which was from the beginning, and this is in the New King James Version Bible, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. Keeping in mind from our last lesson on the background of First John, the false cultic belief of docetism had entered into the church, meaning Jesus did not come in the flesh. This was their belief. Uh, he did not come in the flesh. He did not have uh, blood or bone. He simply came as a spirit to the world. Now, this heretical, here, uh, heretical belief encouraged carnal, fleshly living, just as the pagans did with their imaginary gods. Now, the Apostle Paul made a point by starting his letter, or what we know of as this book, out by addressing to the seven churches in Asia Minor and claiming that Jesus whom he called the word of life, has always been from the very beginning of time with his Father God reigning in heaven. And in other words, Jesus and God are one substance. And we do see that in John 1.1, which says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Then John acknowledged that Jesus left his Godhead in heaven. He came down to earth and he manifested himself as a physical man, which John and the other apostles bore witness to his physical presence upon the earth. They personally seen his body. They touched his flesh and with their own eyes. They saw and they touched him with their own hands. In other words, Jesus left his Godhead in heaven and came down to earth as a flesh, bone, and blood human man. And we read that uh, supportive of scripture, which says, 
and the Word, John 1.14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, let's go on to verse 5 and 6 of 1 John 1. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Well, based on the truth of this word, John declared the message in which uh, which he heard from Jesus, who is the Godhead, that God is light, and in him, Jesus the Godhead, there is no darkness, only the pure, sinless life. Therefore, if anyone says that they have fellowship with Jesus, but lives in a lifestyle of sin, they are simply liars. The fruit of their lifestyle is the living truth of what they truly believe. Matthew, <clears throat> excuse me, Matthew 7, 16 says, <clears throat> excuse me, you will know them by their fruit. And I think that's familiar with, this is how we can tell how a person is by the fruit of their life. And again, the fruit of their lifestyle is the living truth of what they truly believe in. Now, these scriptures alone tell us that anyone who believes in the cultic practice of docetism or in any other practice that violates the word of God was living under false heretical teachings. Now, remember, docetism believed Jesus simply came as a spirit and Carnal living was acceptable, therefore God would not judge anyone after the flesh, according to their belief. We know that to be totally false, heretical teaching. So how do we apply this to our life? To be a true believer in Christ Jesus, one must believe that Jesus is God, yet he is also the Son of God who came to earth in the flesh as a man. He suffered and died the penalty of our sins, and then God rose him from the dead, and Jesus is soon coming back to receive his body of believers unto himself to be with him forever. Now, at the moment that that belief comes, the Holy Spirit that enters within the heart of the new believer to teach, guide, empower, comfort, and deliver them into being a new creation in Christ. First John, or second, sorry, Second Corinthians five seventeen says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is past and the new has come. Therefore, a true believer desires to live by the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And the two work together, faith and obedience. 
while belief, which is faith, in Christ saves one unto salvation, which we read in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for, for by grace are you saved through faith, that is not of yourself, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So while belief or faith in Christ saves one until so, uh, unto salvation, obedience is the heart's desire of one who believes. In Ephesians 2.10 uh, uh, tells us that we are Christ's workmanship. So faith and obedience works together. And if we are his workmanship, we were created to do good works. And see, God prepared all of that in us when <clears throat> he knew that we would come to him. So as James 2.26 says, faith without works is dead. <coughs> Okay, let's read verses 7 and 8. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. And verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So then, if our life reflects the light or the pure truth of the word of God, uh, being obedient to its instructions, which is life, we not only have true fellowship with other believers because we all think and act like Jesus, but we also have forgiveness of sins. The word of God tells us that through the blood of Jesus, forgiveness of sin belongs to us. On the other hand, if we say that there is no sin in us, that we do not sin, we are deceiving ourselves and we are lying to each other because we all sin because we were born with a sin nature. It is impossible to walk in the light of the word of God when God's truth does not dwell within us. So we must have the power of the Holy Spirit, which is God's truth, living and operating within us to be able to walk in the light of the word of God and get rid of sin. And then verse 9, a very familiar verse. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, everyone sins because everyone is born with a sin nature. A believer who has the power of the Holy Spirit operating in his or her life, however, does not practice sin. Consistent sinning becomes repugnant to a true believer, and the desire to be cleansed of that sin and be pleasing to God is strong within the heart of that believer. But because we all sin, the indwelling Holy Spirit not only convicts 
believers of sin. He is our advocate to our Father God to help us to lead a repentant lifestyle. And as such, whenever we sin, our hearts want to repent and confess our sins to God. And when we do, God will forgive us just as he has promised. He is ever so faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our hearts are again cleansed and true fellowship with God is restored. Sin no longer is a barrier between us and God. And in this, God is so pleased. Verse 10. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And again, everyone sins because we are born with a sin nature. Even Christian sin, a Christian sin, which puts a hindrance between the Lord and us. And again, thankfully, we have the advocate of the Holy Spirit to convict us of what sin is. Then we can confess and ask for forgiveness. And again, we do not want to walk in deception by saying we do not sin. That would simply make us a liar, lacking the truth of the word of God within us. But praise God that when we come before God in repentance to confess our sins and we ask for forgiveness, we can do that. Hallelujah. And when we do, we again have open fellowship with the Lord. Amen.